on SFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Hello and welcome to uh, another edition of the PSL radio show, Segunjalo. We're going to be talking uh, PSL sport and what a weekend it was of sport. Ooh. Uh, we were talking about uh, PSL football last week, of course, and uh, we're building up to the derby. And I was asking, throwing out a question about foreign referees, the possibility of them being used in the PSL. Gee, and there's many of you that have picked up, uh, like Sisa Kanka, saying, uh, isn't it amazing that you, um, that uh, Steve was lamenting about what you opened up for discussion on SFM Sport? Foreign referees last week. There we go. Big story over the weekend of the derby was that uh, Steve Compeller complaining about referees. And in the press conference after the match, the derby, the one with one all draw, there are two things. It's elevation and relegation, he said. He says, we've got to elevate the premiership. We cannot constantly relegate the product. It's very important. It's a big match. Maybe at some stage we shall be forced by circumstances to invite international officials. Officials can never be above the game. That was Steve Compeller straight after the game. He's, uh, he's that type of person, I suppose, in the roundabout way just saying that he's unhappy with a referee but then talking about referees the Sevens rugby final in Wellington did you see that enthralling affair South Africa going up early on against New Zealand then just over three minutes to play South Africa's leading by 14 points 21 to 7 Speckman gets a yellow card and while he was off New Zealand scored two tries one unconverted meaning they needed one more score to win and then after the hooter they got it Great climax, terrible result for the South Africans, but a fantastic game if you're a neutral. But the one thing I can say about that was, uh, yes, believe it or not, do you know who the referee was? The referee was Matt O'Brien, the son of Paddy O'Brien, the long-time South African antagonist, the referee. The good thing Steve Compella isn't the Blitzbock coach, perhaps. Uh, coming up on the show tonight, we've got Joe Cran talking transfers closed uh, in South Africa on Friday. We'll get an update. Man who scored the winning goal to uh, give Celtic their first win in 10. Musan Yatama's going to be on the show. And, of course, the ever-insightful Musina girl coach of Black Aces who are currently second in the APSA Premiership standings. But we start off by getting into sports news, football news. FIFA presidential candidate Tokyo Sahwale meeting with the uh, senior South African Football Association officials tomorrow for an update amid reports that South is frustrated over his lackluster campaign. South has denied that it'll ask the millionaire businessman to withdraw from the FIFA election at the meeting. But South President Daniel Dan, the organization's three vice presidents and chief executive Dennis Mumble will be in attendance. Further afield, Manchester City has announced that outgoing Bayern Munich coach Pep Guardiola will take over from Manuel Pellegrini on a three-year deal from the end of the season. Guardiola announced in December that he'd leave his current club, Bayern Munich, in May after three years at the helm with the intention to coach in England next season. The 45-year-old Guardiola, who won the treble um, of the Champions League, German Cup and Bundesliga titles in 2013. Cricket news, Titans all-rounder David Visa has been added to the Proteus squad for the first two ODIs against England on Wednesday and Saturday. Visa replaces Albie Morkel, who pulled out yesterday after suffering a back injury. Morkel was not in the initial squad of 13, but was added alongside Marshan de Longa after Dale Stain was ruled out and Kyle Abbott was declared unavailable for the first match in Bloemfontein. Meanwhile, the Knights and the Dolphins square off in Kimberley in tomorrow's only one-day cup match, knowing it is now or never to maintain any hope of reaching the playoffs. The two sides are bottom of the table with the hosts on eight points, a point behind the visitors who in turn trail fourth-place Titans by four points. Rugby news, the Sharks have announced that Keegan Daniel will be returning to KwaZulu-Natal after spending two years playing for Kubota in Japan. Daniel's returned to the team. He captained 59 times and accumulated 199 caps for across Super Rugby and Curry Cup. has been an open secret for uh, some time. Daniel led the Sharks to Curry Cup glory when he captained them to an unexpected victory over Western Province in the 2013 final. Further afield, the Springbok Sevens team has called up the uncapped Tim Gaba for the Sydney leg of the HSBC World Sevens Series as a replacement for Justin Gedult is returning home with a shoulder injury. 
I don't mind it rather awkwardly during a tackle against New Zealand in their pool A match, uh, their pool match in Wellington, and didn't play at all yesterday. Joanne de Jong, who also left the field in the Wellington Cup final against New Zealand, uh, but uh, he's been given the green light to participate in the Sydney Sevens this weekend. Meanwhile, the Bulls are on the verge of finalising a deal to bring Springbok Francois Hochart back to Loftus for part of the Super Rugby season. Hohart, whose Bulls contract expired at the end of last year, was meant to play in Japan over the off-season, but signed for the Springbok Sevens squad in an attempt to make the Rio Olympic team. The scrum-off, who's set to represent the Sevens team in Sydney this weekend, then their next leg in Las Vegas and Vancouver, might return to Loftus to play for the Bulls in a short-term move after that. Tennis news, South Africa has been drawn against second seeds Great Britain and Georgia in Pool B of the Fed Cup Euro-Africa Zone Group 1 event starting on Wednesday in Israel. There are 14 nations contesting the four-day event, bidding to qualify for the Fed Cup World Group 2 playoffs on the 16th and 17th of April, with two teams qualifying from the Europe-Africa Zone and one team from both the Americas and Asia-Oceania zones. Finally, in golf, uh, rain and extremely strong winds uh, forced a Monday finish at the Farmers Insurance Open. Jimmy Walker looking to claim his sixth PGA Tour title. He's on seven under through ten holes. Brent Snedeker, though, holds the clubhouse lead on six under par. And that's your sports news. If it means that, so be it. We, I strongly believe nobody should be about the game. At the end of the match, Bramek, I tried extending the hand to the, to the first assistant referee who was running just alongside our bench, and he refused it. Now it reminds me of a colleague of mine who at some stage tried to shake the referee's hand. This is fair play. We make mistakes, an emotional game. And the referee refused to shake the hand. I felt bad because I thought it is worth respecting when a man extends their hand. It is in the spirit of saying, you know what, whatever happened has happened. We move on. But if he holds grudges, unfortunately, <laughs> not part of my profile. I move on in life. Coast Chiefs coach Steve Coppella after the uh, derby on Saturday talking about uh, foreign officials and why they need to be brought into the game, he feels. It's time for the PSL Radio Show For all you need to know about the Premier Soccer League Fixtures, results and all the latest news Proudly brought to you by APSA Today, tomorrow, together PSL Radio Show It's FM South Africa's news and information leader now. It uh, may have been deadline day in England, but uh, South Africa's deadline day wrapped up on Friday. Now, a few intriguing moves, certainly one or two really questionable ones, I thought, and indeed a couple that uh, caught many by surprise. But we've got uh, Joe Crown of Soccer Laduma who's going to break it down for us. Joe, thanks for joining us. Uh, good evening. Always a pleasure, mate. How's it going? Yeah, not too bad. Thank you. Not too bad. You must have had a, an enjoyable weekend looking back at a couple of the moves. But let's let's talk about a couple that saw PSL players shifting abroad. Uh, IX Cape Town's Granald Scott's going to Slovan Bratislava. And uh, Kermit Erasmus to Ren was the big talking point before the derby. I mean, how will those likely impact both their PSL teams and indeed the players' careers? I think in terms of the teams they've left, I think you both both Ajax and, and Pirates will feel the departure of the players such as those. I mean... Scott, he's been at Ajax since he was about 12 years old, I think. I mean, he's a, a real stalwart of the club. And, and I think that's one of the reasons they have allowed him to go is because he has, I suppose, they feel he's served his time there. He's, he's put in a shift for the club for a long time. And I think one thing that's important with Scott is that people, because he's been around for so long, people think he's old. I mean, he's only 28. Um, and I think that it's a nice little move for him there. I mean, they, they really liked him when he went on trial. He's done well there. And, and I think it'll, it'll be a good move for him. I mean, poss- even the possibility of playing Europa League uh, or Champions League football next season. And then with Kermit, I mean, Renov, fifth in the league, he's gone from playing against guys like, well, playing with Gabuza and playing against guys like Shabba in a, in a couple of months' time. He'll be up against Latan and Lucas Moura and people like that. So, I mean, it's a, 
in terms of the league and the standard that the people will be up against is, is fantastic. And, and for me, um, I thought for a long time that Kermit was possibly due a move back overseas. I mean, there was a point in his career when he was being touted as one of the best young players in the world and he never really worked out for him. So I'm hoping that this time around he can really push on and he can use this, this move as a, a way to, to go on to even better, better things, hopefully. Um, and I do think it's a nice league for him. I think the French League is a nice stepping stone for Kermit and he'll, he'll really do well there, I think. Joe, let's start then with the teams uh, near the relegation zone when we talk about PSL sides specifically. I mean, a few interesting signings. I see Joma Cosmos uh, bringing in a couple of loanies from Sundowns like Susiso Kumalo uh, near the close and Luyandro Mandela near the beginning of the uh, transfer window. But, I mean, uh, there, there have been a couple of key signings for teams battling that relegation area. Uh, yeah, I think, I think Maritzburg are probably been the, the busiest of the sides. I mean, they've brought in a couple of guys on loan, guys like uh, Glenda Bayer as well, so in the goalkeeping department and I mean, obviously, that's what you expect from a team that's rooted to the bottom. There's a few sort of panic, panic bells going, alarm bells, and, and, and you do feel like they, they needed to bring people in. I think one, one that interested me was, the, I suppose, the lack of, of business from Tucks. I mean, they, they hardly did anything in this window, and I expected them to, to really try and bring in some fresh faces, and, and they haven't. It's going, to be, it's going to be a very interesting end to the season, I think, this year, because there's, a, there's three or four teams down at the bottom who could all potentially get dragged into the mire. I mean... Knightsburg haven't done any of the last few games. I mean, they're 3-2 against, against Sundowns. They drew with, with Chiefs, drew with Pirates. So I think that they, they will be hoping that they can see a bit of a turnaround and that these new signs they've got and can, can help them do that. Yeah, fair enough. You talk about the University of Pretoria, though. Some were uh, joking at Amatux, uh, my old club, incidentally, that, uh, <laughs> that Sean Bartlett was the big signing that they'd all been looking forward to. And obviously transfers are for players. But, I mean, I'd like your take on it. The, the, the coaching changes, maybe, with, uh, with uh, Bartlett going to Tux and Baxter taking over at Supersport United. Are, are those some of the actual biggest moves over the transfer period, in your opinion? I think for sure. I mean, the, the, the Tux one was a bit strange to me. Not that I disagree with with Sean being his point, because I think Sean will be a very, very good coach, and I think he, he did very well with Arrows. But um, having seen how Tux have done recently, um, the, there seemed to be several more logical points to change the coach, um, and then they won a couple of games, and then they fired Sammy. So it seemed like a little bit strange uh, in terms of timing. And uh, I think with, with the Super Sport 1, I, I think that the writings around the wall for a, for a while with Gordon, it's really not been going to plan. And, and when someone like Baxter comes available and, and, and shows an interest in coming to your club, having won two league titles and, and, and two domestic cup titles in the last three years, I think it's a it's, it's a choice that's too too good to pass up when you're in a situation like Stan Matthews in Supersport. Fair enough. Let's talk about the teams now uh, that are, are title challenging. Fitbits, Fitz, uh, they, they brought in a player like Bongani Kumala, but they, they also brought in a signing like Amazulu Sfiso Thanti, which I thought was, a, uh, was, it was certainly a move that caught me by surprise. What have you made of some of the teams that are title challengers? Yeah, I mean, I think one thing that is noticeable in their absence is, is Sundowns, and and I think it's been really uh, different how they've they've handled the transfer windows in, in recent times. I think the last two or three windows they've been very quiet, just bringing in a couple of names here and there, and it seems to be a, a very different Sundowns transfer policy to what we've we've, we've been experiencing for for many years now. And um, obviously, Ace has brought in a couple of fresh faces, and and Vitz, I mean, James Keane came in just as the transfer window opened, but he was a free, so, I mean, it wasn't really a transfer, but he's done quite well since he's coming in. And again, like you say, with, with uh, Suisse Atlanti, like, it's, uh, I think that's more of a, a backup choice than anything else. I think that they, they, their defence, well, their whole team has been picking up quite a few uh, bookings and suspensions this year. Um, so I think defensively, they're, that Gavin's just trying to make sure that um, 
with the suspensions and with the upcoming CAF tournaments and the Advent Cup that he's, he's got such a cover there. Let's talk about a few other teams that are generally rather busy in the transfer window. Golden Arrows, Chipper United, and uh, sides like uh, Kaiser Chiefs, uh, only really uh, William Twala making his way in. Yeah, I mean, Chiefs, uh, I think a lot of people expect the Chiefs to be quite busy this window. I mean, they've not had the greatest start to the league by, by their recent standards, and, and I think that with that being the case, people did expect Chiefs to bring in a few names, and William Twala came in on what seemed like a bit of a swap, which is tends to be the case these days. It's always a swap or a loan or a pre-contract or a free transfer or something along those lines. But uh, I mean, William Twala has done all right since he came in. But the problem is, I think with with Chiefs, he's, he's yet another signing for them that they've made on the on the hope that he'll come right. I mean, I, I don't remember the last time they signed a, a player, possibly 2012-13, when they brought in the likes of Parr and Matilda and Tower. And, I don't think since then that they've really signed any players that you think, geez, this, this player's really going to make a difference at the club. When you look at the transfers overall, though, Joe, I mean, was there anyone that stands out for you, uh, even even like Supersport United going instead for Cole Alexander, not necessarily from uh, from this transfer window, but making sure they've wrapped him up with the pre-contract to start next season with him? Uh, yeah, I think I mean I think Cole Alexander's move is probably the, the biggest of the transfers. He's a player that a lot of clubs have been after for a a long time ever since it became apparent that he wasn't going to be staying with Palakwani City and I know Chiefs, Pirates, Sundowns were all interested in in, in trying to bring him in and, and I think it's a, a good signing for, for Supersport especially with, with Baxter there I know that Stuart's a, a, a fan of, uh, of Coles and, and vice versa and I think that um, it's a, a bit of a coup for Supersport especially given their performance this, this season so far um, when the teams were generally challenging for titles like Sundowns who, who, did, who turned down in favour of going to Super Sports, so I think it's a, a really good signing for them. I think um, another good signing for Super Sport is probably that of uh, Mario Boyson. I mean, they've obviously struggled in defence recently, and bringing in someone like Mario, who's big and strong and can can put people off a little bit, I think he's a another important signing for them, even if it's not a, like I say, not a, a marquee signing, so to speak. Fair enough. Uh, I think the biggest shock for me, though, was Mamani Young going from, uh, oh, he's uh, gone to Amazulu on a short-term deal till the end of the season. I think that's got to be one most spoken about, but we won't cover that because uh, he's not playing in the EPSA Premiership at the moment. But Joe Cran, thank you very much for your insights and opinions, and uh, have a safe trip back to Johannesburg. Always a pleasure, mate. Uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll be talking about how these, uh, these signs have done well coming into the season and not how they've all flopped. <laughs> Indeed. PSL Radio Show. It's FM South Africa's news and information leader. Let's talk about uh, one of the grand results of the weekend. Uh, Musa Nitama scoring late to deny uh, title challenging Bidvest Brits any points, but more importantly, to give Bloemfontein Celtic their first win in 10 matches at the uh, Dr. Petrus Mulamela Stadium yesterday afternoon. And uh, I can tell you the man that got the decisive goal in the game, Musa Nitama, is on the line. Musa, thanks for joining us. Hello. Uh, thanks, uh, doing for having me. Listen, good to, good to chat to you again, but, uh, how good was it to get back to winning ways and more importantly to score that late winning goal? Actually, it was, uh, very important for, for us to, to, to win that, that game after, you know, uh, 10, uh, 10 games with, uh, with no success. Uh, it boosted our confidence also going forward to, to the next game against, uh, uh Super Sport on Wednesday. Yeah, Super Sport on Wednesday. I mean, uh, uh, but if I can ask you about the game before we get on to talking about your future matches, I mean, did, did you feel that you guys played better as a team yesterday? Yeah, you, we, you know, with a, with a new coach, we, we've been playing uh, uh, different combinations. 
And uh, yeah, I think uh, yesterday it it, it paid off, man. Uh, yeah, we 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 we're starting to gel now. And uh, yeah, I think we 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 pushing, and uh, yeah, we just want to win games now as from now on. It was a good litmus test because the quality of your opposition, of course, was something else. And I mean, a guy like Munib Joseph standing in goal opposite you is always an intimidating figure. So would you say based as well on the quality of your opposition that you, uh, you feel more confident about the way uh, the team is headed, the way, the, where the team is headed? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, as this thing, with the quality of, of the team we played yesterday, that, uh, they are fighting for, for the league on top there. Uh, but uh, with uh, beating them, into, it was a uh, confident booster, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll just try and, and, and keep um, and to keep up the momentum. Talking about momentum, though, I mean, was it a challenge getting used to Serami Letoaka's style of play? I mean, he, he demands a very high tempo pace in a game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's, oh, he, he always demands a, a very high tempo when, when we play. But yeah, I think now we are adjusting to to his style of play, and uh, everyone is just trying to 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 gel and uh, try to to adjust to to the style of play. Okay, fair enough. You got uh, you got Super Sport United on on Wednesday. You mentioned that already, but how do you ensure you maintain this winning form? Yeah, we, we, the, that's one thing we we have to do. We just have to to maintain and uh, keep our uh, our. Our uh, head level, uh, level, level, that's the only thing we, we, we need to do, uh, uh, just to, to maintain and, uh, yeah, work hard also. I must ask you this. I know this sounds uh, a little silly, perhaps, but I mean, what's the title challenges? Last season, uh, I remember Sundowns' title challenges. You 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 gave them five in that five nil thrashing. I mean, how does Bloemfontein Celtic always seem to burst the bubble of the uh, of the performing teams, even when you sometimes struggle against some of the lower placed teams? <laughs> I um with that one I must say uh, I must say I we 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 try hard you know you know we we try to to always push and uh, yeah <laughs> it was one of those games even yesterday that we one 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 team had to had to had had to had to win the game so fortunate enough we we were the winners. Well, so if I can ask about your own game at the moment, I mean, uh, look, for, you're somebody we, we, we know as a, as a quality goal scorer, somebody who's a quality player all round, creative, industrious, but this is only your second goal of the season. I mean, wh- where do you think your role has been for Bloemfontein Celtic this season, and, and, and do you feel that you could be or should be giving more? Uh, to be honest with you, Dwayne, I've, I've I've not been happy with uh, with uh, with the performance of of put helping out uh, to to help out the team, and uh, yeah, um, I'm I'm supposed to to be scoring goals and providing the guys to to score goals, and as you've seen, the team has not been doing well, and uh, I ask myself that question: What uh, uh, am I doing enough to to help the team? But yeah, with uh, hard work, I'm sure I'll I'll, I'll get back to to to. To, to the uh, same uh, same player I, I was before. Yeah, no. Even the best players in the world go through sort of slumps and form dips. But uh, by the same token, as you say, that the best way to approach it is hard work in the training ground. It'll come. But if I can talk about the transfer window, it's just closed. Uh, but uh, Gregory Master, Musa Bulankulu, Tumela Mohapi, these are among the players that actually left during the, prans- the transfer window. But uh, do you think, in a sense, it's a blessing to, to have a smaller squad, uh, that, it's, that it's easier for the coach to work with a more intimate squad? Uh, to be honest with you, we, we lost uh, three great players, three quality players. And uh, as you know, that uh, Bilangulu has played more, most of the games uh, in, the, in the first round for us. 
So yeah, uh, I must say it was it was sad to see them do lo- uh, to to see us losing those uh, uh, players. Uh, but moving forward, then uh, we we just have to soldier on and yeah, with a small squad, you know, I think uh, the small the small numbers you have, the the uh, it's it's always good for the team. And uh, yeah, each and every guy, I'm sure each and every player will will get his chance even with the, with the thinner squad. Obviously, the Bloemfontein Celtic fans are, are just incredible to play in front of. But uh, same stadium, different name. How happy are you to be back playing at the Dr. Petrus Mulamela Stadium? Yeah, it, it has been uh, the numbers of, of the supporters coming to to us has been has been uh, fantastic. But uh, as you know, that we've not been winning it. It was it was just said to to see the supporters not not happy. But I'm I'm I'm, I'm sure with with the first win against the uh, University, we will give them more wins, especially with the uh, uh, eight remaining games that we still have to play at home. So I'm sure with, with those games, we will win all of them. Fair enough. Well, uh, Musa Bilankulu, well done on uh, a quality performance yesterday. Great to see you scoring again. And certainly wish you the best of luck as you uh, try to find some of that great form again. Okay. Thanks a lot, uh, Dwayne, and thanks again for, for having me. Dwayne DeLocca on SAFM. SFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Now we got to talk about Collins and Musuma. Gee, 11 goals already this season. Black Aces beating Chipper United on uh, Saturday 1-0. The second in the standings overall, despite that loss to Tux last weekend. I'm glad to say the uh, coach of Black Aces, Mushin Atagol, is on the line. Mushin, thanks for joining us. Good evening. Thank you very much. Good evening to you and to the listeners. Oh, i got to start on this. 11 goals in 16 games. Uh, that's, that, that's better than the entire University of Pretoria or Joma Cosmos team tallies. What, do you, what are you feeding Collins Mazuma right now? No, firstly, uh, Collins can't do that alone. Uh, it is a collective effort. Uh, Collins, we need to get Collins on the right places that he can score those goals. Um, so the, all the organization pattern... Um, the way how we're playing, uh, when we lose the ball, what to do, when we win the ball, what to do. And um, obviously, a lot of players playing into the role that he gets the balls in the right in, in the right areas. That's what, where the most important thing is. But that means that uh, his surroundings are doing very good so that he can also be then in the glamour light. And he's, he has the last touch, the last finish. Clinical last touch as well. He's got a birthday coming up on Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, so you might be wanting to give him uh, just a little bit of birthday cake after the way he's done so well this season. But, uh, Mushin, I, I do, I am intrigued by your results. I mean, ten of your sixteen games this season, including your three losses, have been decided by one goal margins. Why, why do you think your results have generally been so close? It is close. Actually, the the one thing that immediately after last game I mentioned is that uh, the the Canada's coaches cannot be every time angry with the players. It depends on what's happening in the youth development. I always say, um, when I look to my own team now, I can speak to my own team, we have maximum of three to four years youth development um, players where they get uh, proper youth development. So that means the most of the players are going from the, from the primary school to the university. Uh, they have never been taught on the right way. Uh, in international football, you have at least eight to ten years youth development, proper youth development that the players understand actually and can put it later on to the professional football. So we talk about high margin of repetition, and um, um, generally the South African players are a bit unfortunate on that. This is why we're not scoring enough goals, and that's where we're coming now into it. For your question, um, one nil, one nil, yes. Uh, then in the end, we need to close shop uh, and need to be a little bit more organised in defensive pattern. In the end, every game we, we look into the details. We have six, seven, eight, hundred percent goal chances. Uh, the margin is high, 
but we don't we don't use it enough, and um, that's that's really how the, the biggest problem is. Always fascinating insights. Now let's talk about your match tomorrow, Gemma Cosmos uh, uh, tomorrow. Uh, but the Gemma Cosmos goalkeeper Sherwin Nike was on the show last week, and he, he's been in inspired form against the bigger teams. He, he said to me, he's working, he's working so hard, he's much more motivated to stop Collins Masuma in particular. I mean, what are you expecting from Cosmos as a team, though, uh, from, from your side tomorrow? I don't think so that the tour will stop him alone. Uh, <laughs> the most important thing is that uh, the defensive line needs to be on toes, uh, uh, he's, he's always uh, very good out. Uh, obviously, uh, we must take Cosmos very serious. Jomo um, is, is a person that I take very serious and uh, know him very well. Uh, I know how the how the approach gonna be. Um, you have to be you have to respect everyone. You cannot just come uh, and, and and say we are number second on the log and these guys are fighting relegation. Uh, that would be completely that we did against tax with all of us being ten percent less. That means uh, by eleven percent to ten percent less. So everybody has to be on his toes and it's gonna be a diff- very very difficult game. We have to respect us. Yeah, that's, uh, that's so true. Exactly. No, no game is, uh, is is worth less than the other. Uh, you got a tough schedule coming up. I mean, I know you got Pirates and Sundowns coming soon after the Celtic and Ajax games as well. But I, I do want to ask you about uh, as being somebody who has a very healthy respect for continental competition. How great is your desire right now to finish top two with Black Aces this season and take them to the Champions League next year? That's a very important uh, fact that you say. Uh, and that's Thank you for asking for me. That. Um, everybody speaks about championship and um, winning the league. Obviously, we are number three on the lock. Uh, the boys are number two at the moment. And uh, the boys are then really, very well. But in the end, by the long ways, um, what will come out? Uh, top three for us is now uh, a target that we have set ourselves. Uh, we had the last two, two. Uh, didn't make it. Um, but you need to have always goals and set your goals. And I think... Now the top three must be our aim. You cannot just now say that we're going to be in top five or something. That wouldn't be... I don't think so nobody would believe us. We are there uh, in the 16, 16 of uh, league games. Now we need to look into... Uh, you can't say we're going to win the league. That would be uh, not humble enough. I don't think that would be very unnecessary because there are really great teams in this country. That uh, Great individual players. We are a collective team. But definitely for myself, this is why I've spoken to the chairman. I would love to see this team next season uh, being in a continental cup. I'd love to see it as well. I'd love to see you back coaching uh, a side and in, uh, playing throughout Africa continental competition. But you, you haven't been too busy in the transfer window. I know you prefer working with smaller squads, machine. But um, why the decision to, to get into Hotelembata on loan from sundown so late? Um, we, we worked on Bata to get him. Uh, it was not possible. There was a coach, coach uh, changes, and um, the boy was not uh, in the planning, so we needed to wait that uh, the, the officials going to make the decision. He's a talented player, but um, obviously out of rhythm. And then we get uh, Mukuka uh, Mulinga, which for me is a very, very big talent, and I wanted to have him beginning of the season. I'm thankful that Sundowns released the boy because he's he's really good player. But in the end. I don't. I personally don't believe in, in uh, between transfers, between season, seasonal transfers. Oh, beginning of the season, yes. But now you have a team that you have to trust. The boys did so well. Uh, in the end, uh, bringing now more players in for me didn't make any sense. Uh, we have also not the budget. Um, they asked me, we are which player? I said, okay, then bring me Parker. It is not possible. Uh, it is not possible. So in the end, uh, you need to always use those players which have been not used by the other teams. So in the end. Um, 
we have done we have done very good, and we have to we have to trust our players. Yeah, you you are somebody who trusts your players. I mean, when we spoke at the start of the season, I, I suggested mm. you with your history that you'd be giving young players a chance. You assured me you would, but I mean, basically halfway through the season now, what what have you made of Modiba and Doda, and especially Judas Musiameri seasons? Yeah, you need to be careful how you build those youngsters. They can also lose very, very quickly their own confidence. But uh, I think Aubrey, Aubrey is such a such a wonderful player to watch, and uh, I think he will be in the Olympic Games. Uh, now he has developed to a level that every game he has goal chances. Uh, he's individually strong. He's very, very quick. Um, now he sees also his surroundings, his positioning, and uh, I believe he will be one of the internationals that go very, very uh, play. Very, very far. He will play in Europe. I'm convinced about that. Um, I think Judas is on the right way. He understands the zones and what to do with the back to the opponents and how to face the opponents. He's not been taught. Um, that's what sometimes is really heartbreaking. To play with instincts, but he's getting every day better with it and um, find ways to have final, final touches to score. And uh, the young Fatabo is just, uh, for me, Madada is a, is a great, great talent. He needs to challenge each time, and he wants to run all over the show. This is why I call them sometimes chickens. Uh, without really just settling around. Uh, he needs to challenge his power and, uh, and to play in a certain zones and be more effective uh, in direction of the goal. Well, I think uh, you've got a couple of star youngsters on your squad, so uh, no need for making the big money transfers, but I like that you had the ambition to chase Bernard Parker. Machine, it's always a pleasure to chat to you. <laughs> Best of luck against Gemma Cosmos tomorrow and indeed for the remainder of the season. Thanks very much for having me. Good evening to you and to the listeners. PSL Radio Show. Good news coming out a uh, short while ago as well. I can tell you that uh, Mamelodi Sundowns, the doctors have uh, said that Borgnani Zungus is uh, expected to spend up to three months on the sidelines uh, playing over the weekend for Mamelodi Sundowns and their victory over Maritzburg United had to come off early. Apparently he's fractured his shin bone. So, so uh, it's a fairly serious injury. I expected maybe six weeks if it was going to be a fractured shin bone. But uh, 12 weeks with his fractured shin bone. So Borgnani Zungu, the man that's going to be Portugal bound at the end of the season, uh, is going to be out for a while for the uh, people that are sitting top of the standings. Uh, that's all we've got time for tonight. And Lady Muleo standing by. She's up after the news of the talk shop. More support tomorrow morning on AM Live with Janet Whitten. And then uh, I'll be back on Thursday. But from the team tonight, producers Ron Chetty and me, Dwayne DeLocker, have a lovely evening. Cheers. It's 7 o'clock.